From realghoststoriesonline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. Group therapy for the paranormally affected. That's what we do here every single night of the week at Real Ghost Stories Online. You call in your Real Ghost Stories at 855-853-4802, or you can always write into us on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. We'll play back your stories, read your stories, and then discuss... And, of course, uh, you are all invited to discuss as well, either by calling in or uh, emailing in or uh, just writing in uh, on our new section on our website, everyone, that you've been asking for. We have a forum slash message board up there, and uh, it is wide open for uh, anyone to uh, join into that conversation, trying to make it as accessible uh, as possible. And as we, uh, you know, do on this show, we try to keep it, you know, with uh, with the utmost respect. You know, when, when folks are discussing their ghost stories, you can start your own topics up there. You can comment on um, other people's topics and conversations and questions. But, you know, like I said, do it with respect. If you're going to call bullshit on something, you can do that. But just do it respectfully. You know, just do it from the perspective of, okay... Um, I mean, unless it's really blatantly obvious, and if it is, we'll probably just remove the topic. But, you know, if you think what they're saying is not a ghostly thing, just, you know, you can express your opinion on what you think it may be other than what they think it is. Not just, you're an idiot, or something like that. Or you can always do what your mother always said. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So it's up there for you to discuss. Uh, So enjoy that. It's up on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. We encourage your participation. And of course, it'll be another thing that we check uh, before every show and uh, probably end up being something we talk about on the show here as well. So another outlet for everyone to uh, discuss. And you don't need to be a Facebook member or anything like that to log in. Uh, You can just go right into that, uh, post completely anonymously, discuss anonymously. Uh, It is all there for you. Another uh, aspect of this group therapy for the uh, paranormally affected that uh, we have opened up for you. And another thing that we've uh, put up on the website, because we've had a lot of people ask for this, and uh, I guess it was to the point where it's like, okay, if you really want to, we'd greatly appreciate it. So we've uh, put up a button for you on PayPal where you can uh, donate into the show uh, and and help support the show. And we greatly do appreciate that. I know some of the items in our gift shop are kind of pricey, and we only get a very small percentage of that back. So if you don't want to spend, you know, 40, 50 bucks on something, I totally understand. We have the option for you to, uh, to donate on a monthly basis into the show, and you can select a $5 a month, $10 a month, or $15 a month. Whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever, you know, you think uh, the show is worth to you, if you, uh, if you listen frequently, uh, throw a little, uh, like, five bucks at it, you know, a, a month. And that's all you got to do. You just go right there to the PayPal uh, donate button. It's right there on the main site. You press the subscribe and you can subscribe to the show uh, through uh, the PayPal button. That uh, a little bit, that five bucks a month goes a long way uh, to helping us produce the show and continue to get it out to you because there's a lot of expenses associated with producing a show like this uh, and putting it out uh, to the mass scale that we are. Uh, to you folks, every little bit, uh, every little bit helps. So please, uh, please do support the show and subscribe through that PayPal button. And I promise not to plea with you uh, between every single ghost story for donations, but we'll mention it probably once or twice a show, something like that. So uh, it's there for you and it's new and we'd greatly appreciate it. Yeah, we didn't even think about doing that till we had enough requests. Yeah, folks kept saying, hey, hey, please, uh, please put a PayPal button up. So, OK, we did. And uh Thank you so much for the ideas and uh, for your uh, support of the show. We do greatly, greatly appreciate that. On to some of the stuff uh, that we talk about on the show. Paranormal ask. Got a letter in. Hey, Tony and Jenny, uh, I, uh, I I took you along with me on a walk through a graveyard again today and came across this creepy headstone. And I'll show you the picture. In fact, I just put the picture up on our gallery section, which is another new thing on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Click on the... Uh, I think I called it gallery. It's gallery or photo. I got to look at the website. I think it's gallery. Is it under gallery? I'm pretty sure. It's under photos. Oh, okay. Huh. That's how much I pay attention. <laughs> it just says photos. So go to the photo section and it's uh, one of the bottom ones. It says titled, what's wrong with this photo? And it is a photo of a gravestone. Uh, 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 uh. 
You're not going to let me see. You're going to see in a second. I got to. I got to finish reading. That's, I, I can't. I can't have the photo up and and read this okay. at the same time. So you can look in one just one second. I'm not trying to not let you see it. Uh, uh, two things actually. Uh, there's two weird things about this grave since you took a picture of it and sent into us. There's an S on the middle of it, which is backwards, which is strange, and she doesn't know why. Is it? Does it mean something? I have no idea. And then take a look at the death date on this gravestone. What the heck does that mean? If somebody messed up on my headstone like this, I'd consider haunting that person. Lucy in Nevada City, California. Okay, now you can take a look at the gravestone. Here it is. This is the gravestone. Take a look at it. See, there's the S. It, it looks like Ravensicola is the name, but the S in the very middle of because it's kind of like curvatured letters. And it's R I M S K E L. Okay. But the S is is reversed for whatever reason. And then look at the death date, February thirty first, nineteen oh eight, eighty five years old. R I P. Take a second. You know it's strange. Do you catch the weirdness? Anyone else out there wondering? You're going to hit yourself when you don't catch it. It took me It took me a little bit, too. There's not 31 days in February. Exactly. Ever. Ever. I don't think there's... Is there ever 30 days in February? Is that a no. leap year? Uh-uh. Like, leap? the most is 29, right? Yeah. So, February 31st, 1908. The S is backwards. It's rather bizarre. Um, anyway, you can check it out for yourself. Up on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And uh, and click on that uh, the photo section. Uh, on to another letter that we have written into us here. Uh, hi, Tony and Jenny. Sent this through your website, but uh, having listened to your latest episode on haunted churches, thought you'd like it more directly. Many Catholic churches have previous priests buried in the walls or under the floor. Look for the memorial tablets on the walls. As well as that, some churches keep relics of saints, which are usually bones or body parts. One church in Ireland even has a mummified head of St. Oliver, uh, which was ex, uh, exhumed uh, uh, or ec- was executed horrifically in the 1600s by being hung, drawn, and quartered. They ended up in parts. Uh, if you combine these things, the fact that churches may have been the scene of abuse by clergy, then it is little wonder that there's negative energy hauntings and is probably the reason you feel uncomfortable in them. Love the show. And uh, if there could be more interviews, I'd love to do that too. Uh, there you go. That's uh, interesting. I think I had learned that a while back, but I had forgotten. I think Notre Dame, there's people yeah. in Notre Dame. A lot of those, there's like full, you know, I, I, I'm aware of a lot of, not a lot of churches, but some of your more big major ones have people buried in them. I guess I was unaware of the body parts being shipped around to different uh, different places. <laughs> like somebody gets a head and somebody gets a heart. Yeah, like that, that seems a little weird. I don't quite get that one. Like what is the, uh, do they, was it something like where they feel like it's going to be more holy when you get parts of like a a saint or a, I don't know, some don't sort know. of famous clergy, and famous is probably the wrong word, but, you know, honored, well-respected, holy, if they're like a pope or something, you know, I don't know. That just seems rather It's kind of weird, yeah. And here's the arm of NAM. Uh, dear Tony and Jenny, I'm a recent subscriber to your podcast, and although I'm a skeptic, I do enjoy listening to people who have a different worldview to my own and love a good ghost story. I don't have a ghost story of my own, unfortunately. In fact, I don't even believe in ghosts, demons, or gods, or angels, etc. I felt compelled to write to you, though, because as much as I enjoy listening to your point of view, I thought you might like to hear from a non-believer for a little balance. I often feel like you don't really understand people like me. Jenny especially often makes comments like, who would buy a haunted house? Or why would you expose your child to that? Well, the simple answer to this question uh, like that is we really genuinely do not believe there is such a thing as a haunted house. Okay, well, that makes logical sense. If you okay. don't believe in it, I I understand why, you know. So I, it's not that I don't think we don't get your point of view. Uh, we just don't agree. <laughs> you know? I think I was coming more from the standpoint of people that believe in hauntings. Sure. Who believes in hauntings that would want to buy a haunted house. If you if that's not part of your belief system at all mm-hmm. and you're not affected by anything, 
then I, I understand that because that's not sure. even probably a thought that you would have. The funny thing is a lot of the stories that we get from folks who are like in really haunted houses uh, who write into our show or call into our show, it always starts out with, I didn't believe in anything of the sort and I heard rumors of the place being haunted, but I got a really good buy in it, so I bought it. <laughs> They're writing into us yeah. shortly thereafter going, well, um, now I believe. Uh, it also goes on, I wanted to make a comment about Richard in Chattanooga. My husband and I bought our house very cheaply. I think the reason for the low price is partly that the previous owner didn't hire a very good real estate agent and possibly also because of the history of the previous owners. Some background. We live in Germany and the house barn uh, were built in the late 1500s, early 1600s. So the house has seen it all. Good, bad, birth, death, many times over. We even know of a parishioner in our town who was born on our kitchen floor. The previous owner was an old woman who lived in the ground floor and her son and his wife uh, who lived in the upper floors. The son and his wife had problems and we later found out that they split and moved out. The wife trashed the house. Furniture was wrecked. There were a few uh, holes in the walls and at some point uh, after they broke up, he hung himself in the barn. How does this all... Well, I suppose my point is that if you ever uh, expected a property to be haunted, surely you would expect it in our house. But we willingly moved in, knowing the previous tenant and committed that committed suicide on the property. After living here nearly two years, nothing has happened. My hobby is renovating the barn and house, so we're always finding things uh, and uh, things to do. Uh, I don't think people who believe in the supernatural are idiots or crazy, but I think there is always a natural explanation, even if I don't know what the explanation is. I wanted to tell Richard that there are people out there who would consider buying his house, and if he could get to a financial uh, uh, financial position where he was able to sell it, he shouldn't let his con- or conscience hold him back, so long as he is open to and honest about what's going on. He might find someone like me who would take a chance. The smell of sulfur is somewhat worrying, though. I try to investigate where that could be coming from chemicals in the soil, foundation, problems with pipes. I don't know. I'm not a builder engineer, but as I said, just because I don't have the answer doesn't mean there is no answer. By the way, the reason I would encourage him to try and sell is not because I believe there's a demon in the house, but I do understand that he and his family believe it, and that alone is obviously having a serious effect. Sorry if this is a little long. I hope you don't mind me weighing in. I'm not trying to judge or be dismissive. Just offer an alternative perspective. Don. P.S. I'm always been fascinated by the paranormal and religion, even though I don't believe. I tried the Ouija board when I was uh, in school and pretty disappointed when absolutely nothing happened. I didn't even, didn't even budge. I'm really curious to know what you think about people like me. Have I uh, never experienced anything simply because I because of the lack of belief? You know what? I honestly can say I th- I don't know that. I could ever see myself not believing in God, but I sometimes think that it might be nice to have, you know, a day in your shoes where you don't have anything affect you, you know, that's supernatural and, and never have. And then also to not have that be in your mind at all, you know, just to, just to see what that was, would be like, Yeah, because I feel so much different kinds of energy and things like that. And, and it's become such a big part of our life that it's, it's always in the front of my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, I like today, I went to a very, very old building downtown in our, our city for a funeral and I stayed because I was there supporting one of my closest friends because it was a funeral for her dad. Mm -hmm. I hate that building. I hate it, hate it. Have you been in there before? Yes. Oh, is it, so you've been in there how many times? This was the second time. Okay. And that was me breathing on the mic. That was not an EVP. Sorry. EVP. Um, I heard it say something. But it's a very old limestone building, and I've heard that sometimes people think that the limestone can actually hold energy. But anyway, I am getting off topic. I don't really have an opinion on people that, that don't believe. I you know, everybody has their own beliefs. I just think if you are lucky enough to go through your life without having any experiences like that, and it's not something that's always on your mind, then yeah, go for it. You know, I buy the haunted house if you want to. I just know that's not something that I could could go with. I couldn't sure. do that. And I really appreciate the way she wrote the letter because it was very respectful. Yeah. Um, and and. That's totally cool. I mean, that's if that's how you, you feel, we can totally respect your opinion. I don't think you're crazy, and I appreciate that, that 
Don doesn't think that these people are crazy who are writing in and sharing their stories. Um, a, so, yeah, I, I think it's it's all good. Um, it, it, it's interesting, you know, it, it's I really think it's, it's one of those things some folks just need to have to experience something in order to believe in it. I think my dad's like that. You know, yeah. he's very much, he's not going to believe it until it's staring him in the face. Yeah. And that's just how he will be. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, if you go, as far as you not having any hauntings in your house, luck? I mean, I, it's not that every old building has ghosts or is haunted or actively haunted, you know? Or even every place that's had something tragic yeah. happen. I mean, I think there's a lot of places where, I think sensitive type people can pick things up, which I think is almost anywhere. But I think it's a whole other thing where you would have, you know, active hauntings to folks who are not necessarily sensitives um, that will be visible to anyone and everyone. So if you're not a, you know, sensitive to these things, you probably just live in a place that, I mean, this is my opinion, that that doesn't have anything, you know, super actively haunting it. Um, it's just, and there's plenty of places like that. Not every old house is haunted. No. So I, I, you know, just because yours isn't, I think doesn't mean that, you know, Richard's couldn't be. And I just from doing this show for, for as long as, as we have and hearing these stories, I, I really think there's something out there. I mean, just there's too many unexplained things and too many people with stories that go well beyond the reasonable, okay, this is explainable by carbon monoxide or sulfur in the ground or this or that. There is just too many things that, uh, that are, are not explainable. And that's what we discuss here on the show. And I appreciate you listening. And I wonder if, if, uh, <laughs> if continued listening will change that opinion at all, uh, or if it's going to need to rear its head at you <laughs> before that happens. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost story. In just a few minutes, we're going to get to some EVPs that some listeners have sent into us. And EVPs are interesting. I'm not very good at deciphering them. A lot of listeners are. So we'll play them back. We'll we'll listen. And uh, some some of our listeners actually, uh, when they sent them, they sent us in kind of a cue sheet, if you will, explaining where they were and what they caught and what they think it's saying. Um, and I did listen to a couple of them off the air just to make sure the audio was there. And I got to say, off the air, I had a really difficult time understanding them. Okay. But um, some folks are much better at this than I am. In fact, okay. a lot of folks in this uh, interest are. So we'll get to that uh, in just a few minutes, and we'll do it without the background music so it's easier to hear. Um, let's go to another letter here. Uh, Kenner writes, and I also love your idea of a D.A.R.E. program for Ouija boards. I laugh every time I think of the Grim Reaper mascot holding hands with a kid uh, with those cheap rulers. <laughs> 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 Great. I was wondering if you could discuss or ask our listeners uh, if they'd heard of uh, proper ways to get rid of a Ouija board, perhaps if they ignored the warnings and played with one anyways. I've heard myths about breaking it into a certain number of pieces, using salt, or even leaving it on church steps. Has anyone heard of these remedy methods and can vouch for any's, uh, any of them's validity? And I swear this isn't an asking of for a friend scenario. I noticed a clear away from those things. Thanks, guys. Love your show. I have no idea. I've heard people who've tried to burn it. I've heard many stories of it being burned. I've heard stories of people burning it and it making like screaming noises. I've heard of people trying to burn it and it not burning. Um, I wonder how many times you go to a garage sale and you can see a Ouija board for sale at a garage sale. You know, I used to go to a lot of garage sales with my mom when I was a kid. I didn't see too many. Really? I really didn't. No. Um, the only time I can ever... Yeah. The first time I actually saw a Ouija board in action was in Black River Falls, Wisconsin, at my mom's cousin's Bruce's house. And uh, I was upstairs and we were uh, playing. I was playing with his son, Kyle, and he had a Ouija board. And I was just... I had heard of them. Because I'm into ghosts, you know, I want to be a ghostbuster at this age. And I'm like, ooh, Ouija, you want to try it? Want to try it? So we got it out. Did absolutely nothing. So you've actually played Ouija board. Once. <gasps> and it did nothing. I didn't know that. It did absolutely nothing. Oh. So, yeah. I never tried it again. Okay. 
and I really don't have a desire to anymore. I don't think I like I knew of the danger. I told my mom I tried it after that, and I got a scolding. Oh, I'm sure. I'm don't, sure you don't want to play. No, don't play with that, Tony. Don't. No. Yeah. It was kind of like dare, man, Ouija dare. Back I think then. your mom's kind of uncomfortable with the, us even having a ghost show. I think she's afraid something's going to come through the mic and get yeah. us. I think she even brought that up to me once. She's like, aren't you afraid like something's going to, you know, happen? <laughs> no, because we're not really inviting it in. We're just kind of discussing. Um, not to say that it couldn't, but I'm not in- actively inviting anything in. So no. that's that's the difference. Um, but uh, there you go. Uh, Kerner writes in, with a degree in forensics and an interest in criminal justice, the question regarding lawsuits against Parker Brothers Ouija board made me do some research. I didn't find much. Someone made a good point that Parker Brothers might not be responsible for what comes through the board, so only if the board itself causes you harm would they be liable. Uh, I did find a cool story from 1902, though, where a woman by the name of Emily Hutchins wrote a book uh, that was told to her by Mark Twain through the use of a Ouija board. In the end, Mark Twain's descendants had sole rights over his works and were able to file a lawsuit against Miss Hutchins, resulting in her book being removed from shelves and destroyed. I thought it was an interesting story. That is crazy. Wow. Wow. I wonder if there's like any copies survived of this book and if it does resemble the writings of Mark Twain in any way, shape or form. That's amazing. Um, that would be interesting to, uh, to look into. You're into literature. Yeah. You should look into that. Uh, uh another write in, uh, we cannot ghost, uh, why cannot a ghost walk on the ground or a floor? So many of these apparitions look like they're on the ground. What, uh, dictate, uh, what dictates what you're actually seeing? How do footsteps appear? How do handprints appear? Without the basic knowledge of ghost mechanics, it all lies or all the truth until we figure the first out. We have seen that ghosts can break our physical laws, so where do we start to be able to understand how what we see is real in the first place? I think it's referencing the thing when I was saying, why do ghosts, you know, how, how does the, ghost, you know, the rule of gravity or floors apply to ghosts if they can go through walls? Why is the floor holding them up? So that, I think, was the uh, special forensic take on that. Uh, Sir Edward writes in, one really interesting fact about mirrors is that most modern-day mirrors are manufactured using elements such as silver and copper together. Gold, along with silver and copper, are rated extremely high regarding their electrical conductive properties. And since both these highly conductive metals are used in conjunction, silver layered with a copper backing layer with each other, it is reasonable to assume that mirrors could possibly become a conduit or a portal for anything good or bad using and or requiring an electromagnetic field to materialize itself to do so, through the use of a mirror because of the use of the aforementioned materials. Okay. There you go. Yeah. I guess that kind of makes some sense. It does. All right. Interesting. So still uh, no getting mirrors at antique stores. Nope. Sorry. Okay. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. We would love to hear them. Let's, uh, let's do some EVPs. Okay. Before we uh, we go to some calls here on the show, uh, this uh, is a I'll give you a little background here from the uh, the letter that we got in uh, about these EVPs. This is sent to us from uh, from one of our listeners to the show, uh, Christine uh, D. I'll, I'll, I won't give her last name out. I don't know if she wants to. Christine D. is what we'll call her. Uh, Christine says, since uh, 2012, I've occasionally performed EVP recording sessions in my home, and I believe have managed to capture authentic spirit voices. Okay. I first became interested in recording EVPs after watching ghost hunting shows where I observed how they would record and analyze EVPs. It seems simple enough. That is precisely why I needed to try it myself. As much as I've experienced the supernatural during my life, as well as being insensitive an automatic writer or channeler, I've never gotten around to recording EVPs. Honestly, I was a little skeptical about whether a machine could successfully pick up voices of the disincarnate. And I simply wanted to prove to myself that it was possible. I stood to reason that these shows were simply fabricating EVPs, so I set up to try it myself. The first attempt was successful. 
The added bonus was that I knew I could trust my results a lot more since I was the only one who was controlling the recording conditions and I simply knew I would not lie to myself. I cannot say that these voices are not explainable in some other logical way. Despite my openness to the supernatural, I still remain level-headed and do not naturally jump to supernatural explanation of things until I have first considered other more earthly possibilities. However, until a better explanation comes along, I will certainly accept my recordings at face value. During approximately a dozen or so separate EVP sessions, I have seemingly captured voices of men, women, and children in languages such as English... French, and other languages I could not understand. Many times I can hear back and forth conversations, although often uh, only a word or two might be understandable. I've also captured sounds such as humming or singing close to my laptop microphone, laughing, crying, and coughing, hacking cough similar to someone with tuberculosis or other serious chest or lung illnesses. At times, scientific accents of these individuals can also be or specific accents of these individuals can also be discerned. All the EVPs were captured using a widely available audio recording and editing software called Audacity. I recorded in optimal settings with no one in the house other than myself and my small dog. All windows and doors were closed and recordings were done in very quiet times of the day with no television, radio, or other noisy equipment that might interfere or contaminate the sessions. Neighborhood activities were also very quiet and calm. I performed two type of EVP recording sessions. The first, the first method used is an interactive one during my automatic sessions where live responses to my questions can be recorded in real time and within the context of my specific questions. The second method is a more open session where I leave my laptop on my bed located on the basement level of my home, set a recording, go upstairs and sit quietly with my dog and read a book and wait for the allotted time to pass. I try to keep recordings to a 20-minute maximum since I discover that any longer time than this and the reviewing of my audio afterwards is too time-consuming. Sometimes a recorder can yield many EVPs and other times, only a few EVPs are worth cataloging. The only session method is always the most un the open ses- session method is always the most unpredictable in what I might yield in a way of quality, clarity, or messages in the types of spirits or energies. The automatic writing session method is by far my preferred one. However, the majority of EVPs I have submitted are mostly from open sessions. Many of the automatic writing interactive session responses have been more personal in nature, and I prefer to keep many of the EVPs personal, but I have included one that is a general test question that I once asked. In automatic writing sessions, I am in conversation with my two spirit guides, as I have been for 20 years, and so the sounds of their voices have now become recognizable to me on the recordings. The open sessions sometimes contain my spirit guides addressing other energies. This is due to the fact that I have asked them to monitor and remove any problematic energies from my home during or after open sessions. I also perform my own cleansings occasionally before and after I ask for protection. I have found that many energies from the open sessions are usually not local. That is to say, they are not linked to my house or specific geographical location. My house is not haunted, nor has it become haunted from recording EVPs. I used to live in a haunted house as a child and adolescent, and my current house is not at all haunted, although occasional non-related spiritual experiences have occurred. It is not a home that I feel uncomfortable in at all. In the future, I'd like to perform open sessions in other locations uh, now that I know it does work. Note that all EVPs that we're going to hear have been isolated and amplified. You may need to find an acceptable volume on your respective equipment to hear them best. Okay. So, we have uh, a handful of EVPs here. I believe seven, eight, uh, eight of them that were sent in. And I am going to play them back for you uh, in the order that uh, that she sent them into us. I'm just going to need to find them in the order because she didn't number them. Okay, I think this is the first one right here. I'm going to play it, and then I'll have you tell me what you think it's saying, if you can decipher it at all. Okay. Um. And then I'll read her explanation of it. So here we go. This is EVP number one. 
Did you hear something there? I heard something, but I have no idea. Let's play it back one more time. Again. Okay. The EVP sounds like a man slowly saying, I came to see you or came to see you. I do not recognize the voice of the man and do not know if he is directly speaking to me. Recorded in a bedroom during an open EVP session. Thoughts? No, I'm not real good at picking that out. It just I could hear a voice and I agree it sounded like a man's, mm-hmm. but I could not tell what it said. It's hard. Okay. Here's our next one. Tell me what you think it may be saying. I really want game show music. I know you do. <laughs> this is the EVP. Name that EVP. Name that EVP. No way. Anything? No. Okay. Hey there or hi there. Recorded during a bedroom EVP EVP session. The EVP sounds like a man simply saying, hey there or hi there. I do not recognize the voice uh, of this man. I do not know if he's greeting me specifically, although by far the most common EVPs captured are versions of hi, hello, hey, things of that nature. Okay. Interesting. So, even in death, people still kind of being uh, polite, you know, kind of using, uh, you know, greetings and such. Yeah. That's interesting. I would, I, I just, it's just an interesting observation. It is. You, you know, you think in death that maybe uh, if you, you really do need to be heard, one of the first things I think I would cut out would be, I think, some of the pleasantries. Okay. <laughs> No, listen to me. I'm right here. Please, please, please listen to me. Um, I don't know. That's just me. Okay. Okay, let's go to a uh, another EVP. Here it is. Anything? That's really hard to hear anything at all on that one. Uh, it says, uh, I'm sorry. Is what she's saying it is. EVP was recorded just a few seconds after I bumped into my bedroom doorknob when I was entering the bedroom to retrieve the laptop at the end of the recording session. It did not include a very loud lump that preceded this EVP. So what was the spirit uh, apologizing for? After all, I was the one who stupidly bumped onto the doorknob. I still can't hear what it's saying. I didn't get it. I did not hear it uh, at all myself either. I can hear something there, but I can't hear what it's saying. Yeah, I it's it's very very difficult to to pick these up. Uh, we'll do another one here. Hang on one second. Okay, here we go. Listen up. This one should be familiar. I hear it right there. Can you hear that at all? No. Play back one more time. Any idea? No. Any clues? No. I'll give you a few minutes to think about this. Well, our studio audience enjoys their rice I have no idea what it could say. Okay. One more time. I could kind of hear that one. Uh, Jennifer. Uh, the EVP was captured after I left the laptop for another session. However, just before this, I was f- uh, fishing in some intelligent responses for this recording. Before recording began, I asked the spirit to mention the names of people I knew. Other EVPs from the session include my sister's name, my dog's name. The name Jennifer is the name of my longtime best friend. Okay. Okay. Another one. Let's see what we got here. Take a listen. That's really hard. I could kind of hear it. Do you hear that at all? No. You sure? Yeah. I'm positive. For a few minutes? No. Okay. (laughs) I'm so excited I found some really corny music. I I know. I just thought maybe we'd play it. It doesn't help. Sure? Another EVP? Oh, great. <laughs> okay. Uh, that one supposedly says, uh, together. 
It's a clear EVP of what I believe is a woman saying together. There's no further context of the EVP at this time. Okay. Uh, we'll do one more. Let's go to number seven that they have here. I hope this one's good. Here we go. That one I can kind of hear. Can you hear that? Turn it up? Yeah, turn it up for me. Okay, I definitely hear that easier than the others, but I still can't tell what it's saying. That one, uh, this was a bit of a shocking type of EVP, she says, that I could not, uh, that I did not expect to receive. When I first asked my friend to listen to what she heard the message right away, with no cueing at all, I believe this EVP is a man saying we're suffering in hell. Oh. Want to hear it again? I hear the suffering. I don't get the, I, I, I don't get the hell, but I do hear the we're suffering. Yeah. Uh, and then there's some kind of strange noise afterwards. I noted as well as the voice does not have an accent of someone who comes from my geographical area. I live in the area of majority of French Canadians, and the voice seems American to me. Uh, during a follow-up automatic writing session, I was told by my guide that uh, he was uh, helped to move along, uh, along with other details about who he was in life and that he was not a demonic energy or threat. He was just very confused and afraid of damnation. So he was caught in the earthbound dimension since his belief system in life had been very religious. This clip has only been slightly altered. The EVP was originally loud and clear, so I suppose it could be considered a class A. I don't know what the classes are when it comes I to EVPs. Don't either. Uh, so there you go. Okay. EVPs. Yeah. I do appreciate uh, her writing in and, and sending in the EVPs, but like I said, I'm not very good at deciphering EVPs. I'm not either. I mean, I could definitely hear something. I just couldn't make out what it was saying. Yeah. So I, you know, yes, those were EVPs, but yeah. I'm. it's lost on me. It's funny. Some folks can like, you know how you, there's, there's, you know, you consider yourself sensitive, you know, in some ways. There's there's people that consider themselves very sensitive with EVPs. Okay. And like it physically ill when they hear them. Really? Yeah. And can really, it's almost like I, some people can pick them up and pick up what the messages are, for a lack of a better term, and maybe it's incorrect, but like telepathically. Okay. Where they can hear it and they can just know what is being said without, where I'm trying to like audibly look at the waveform and hear syllables, it's like, bam. Uh-huh. It's just, it's transcoded that way. Um, but that's, okay, it, it's interesting. You know, that I, is. I, I, you know, I'm certainly not that way. You don't seem to be that way with these. No, I don't, I'm sensitive other ways, but not this way. No, but I've heard of people literally getting ill when they uh, hear EVPs. Huh. So... Interesting. Thank yeah. you for uh, for calling or for uh, for sending those into us and and sharing. If you have any more like that one with the we're suffering in hell, those are the ones I like to hear. Those are the ones. I mean, not because they're suffering in hell, but because they're so clear. Yeah. Those are the ones where I can go. Okay, I get it. The rest, I hear something that shouldn't be there, and I know shouldn't be there. But as far as what the hell it is, <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. So. I mean, it's something, but that's about it. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jen. This is Barb from Pittsburgh. I wanted to tell you what my granddaughter said to me. She said, Grandma, when I'm going to sleep at night, I feel somebody pulling the hair off my forehead and smoothing my hair back on the top of my head. She said, but there's never anybody there. But I'm not afraid because I know it's just Great Ma letting me know she's still watching over me. Great Ma was my mom. I was Grandma, and she was Great Ma. And I also want to tell you my first and only Ouija board experience. My aunt got me and my husband one for Christmas. It was shortly after we were married. We were young. And I guess she thought it would be a really cool Christmas present. So we thanked her, and you know, we partied through the day. And when she left, my mother got up. Walked over, picked up the Ouija board, took it over, and threw it in the garbage can. She said, 
You don't want to mess with that. You never know what kind of door you're going to open. And that was the end of the Ouija board. Never used it. Threw it away. Okay, thank you. Bye. And now she haunts your granddaughter. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's interesting. Thank you, uh, Barb. We appreciate you uh, calling in. The phone number again, 855-853-4802. I want to thank Michael, Rodriguez, Fatima, uh, Adam and uh, Adam Myers and Jessica Perkin all for uh, picking up some stuff out of our gift store uh, in the past couple of weeks. Yay! On our website at Real Ghost Stories Online. There's all sorts of lovely items up there. Does it say? A hat, some shirts, uh, mugs. I don't think anybody's bought the Snuggie item yet. Um, which I'd be curious as to what that is like. I'd You're love stuck on the. I snuggie. would love to see someone buy the snuggie and then send us a picture in the snuggie. Type You're gonna item. get a snuggie for Christmas. <laughs> I would probably really like that. I think you would. I would really enjoy that. Um, uh, Fatima uh, sent some pictures and she got the shirt or one of the shirts and the mug. Okay. Um, and you can see that up on our website at Real Ghost or at uh, on our Facebook page actually. Um, but uh, if you want to purchase something, just go to our store. Um, we get a very small percentage of the purchase price back. Um, but uh, hey, every little bit helps. Which so, shirt uh, did she get? I want to hear a story. Oh, uh, yep. that, that's my design. That's, that's your design. Yep. Yes. And then on the back, it has the uh, the Real Ghost Stories Online logo. Cool. So, uh, but check it out. Some cool stuff up there as we get into the uh, the fall, autumn, ghost season. Uh, there's everything you need to wear your Real Ghost Story Online pride proudly. That's like good. That. Wasn't that good? That was good. It's kind of radio-ish, kind of high school. Uh-huh. Show of pride for your school. You know, we should have class rings for Real Ghost Stories Online. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be really... I never had a class ring, did I you? I didn't either. No, I never bought one. I never wanted one. That would be special. But that would be... Uh, yeah. We, we could... Uh, I wonder if they can... I wonder if they do that on, uh, on Cafe Press. Anyway. Let's go to another call. 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story. Hi. Hello, it's uh, my name is Jenny, uh, Tony, and uh, Jenny, I love your show. Uh, I listen to it every day. I just discovered it about all about a week ago. Um, like I said, my name is Jenny, and I'm from Gainesville, Florida. Uh, I have a few stories uh, to tell you. I um, have always been kind of sensitive to things um, that were appeared to be not of this world. Um, my first encounter with uh, an apparition, if it were, uh, I went to um, church in a small town when I was little, and uh, I had gone into the restroom, and uh, I was you know, on the commode, and, and I looked up, and there was a cloud of smoke that was above me, and it had eyes and a mouth. And it didn't say anything to me. It just kind of was looking at me. And I... You know, basically, I hurried up and got out of there. Um, I didn't tell anybody, you know, because, I mean, I knew that, that the paranormal existed, but I wasn't too keen on the idea of sharing it with people. Um, I think I was about five years old when that happened. Um, another crazy thing that happened uh, was uh, also when I was five, we uh, moved to this trailer park, and there was a... Uh, a bed in the back room of one of the trailers and it was the one that we were about to rent and we basically signed all the paperwork and everything and we moved in and you know it was fully furnished so you know we didn't have to buy anything or anything like that and uh, we went in there and uh, my mom was helping me move my stuff in and she turned around and she looked at the bed and she about had a heart attack because the bed was her father's deathbed um, because years earlier, when she had moved to the small town, uh, her she brought that bed with her, and her ex-husband had traded it for a pack of cigarettes and some alcohol. And um, there was that bed just sitting in there. It was her father's deathbed, and she knew it was her father's deathbed because there was still chewing gum stuck on the headboard uh, where she had stuck it one time when she was little while taking a nap. And... I, you know, I look back, looking back on it now, I really wish she had gotten rid of that bed because, you know, I just seemed kind of sick of her to, to let me sleep in that bed, but, but that's where I slept. And a few nights, you know, well, a few months actually passed with nothing happening. And then 
one night I had a weird noise coming from my toy box. And I got up and, you know, I'm a little kid, you know, and I'm like, what's that noise coming from my toy box? So I go over there and I lift the lid and I have these little hand puppets of the land before time because, you know, this is the 80s, this is like 19, well, I got them in 1988, 89 from Pizza Hut. They were little little plastic hand puppets that were molded like, uh, like land before time uh, creatures. And... Uh, this was the 90s, or this was actually 1990, I believe, when this was happening, but I reached into the toy box, and I grabbed the Sarah, uh, one, and I was holding it in my hand, and it was, it had its back turned to me in my hand, and I flipped it over and looked at its face, and it said in this really, really creepy voice, hi, my name is Sarah, and there was no voice box, there was nothing, there was no motor you know, no no motors in the face or anything, but it still moved its mouth and blinked and said, hi, my name is Sarah. And I threw it in the toy box, I slammed the lid, I got back in bed and I was, I covered the blanket over my head and I was just I was terrified. You know, I was absolutely shocked that it just happened. And I kept telling myself that I must be dreaming, must be dreaming, must be dreaming, must be dreaming. So I went ahead and, and fell asleep. Well, um, as time wore on, I heard things and felt things and sensed things, but I kept telling myself, just ignore it, you know, I'm little, I have an imagination, I'm just, you know, there's no reason for me to be scared of anything, you know, there's, there's nothing there. Well, my mom wasn't very, she wasn't a very friendly person. And um, I'll tell you some of those stories as time wears on, because I will be calling the show again. Um, but um, she, uh, she didn't have any friends, and so I didn't have a lot of her friend kids to hang out with. So literally I had zero friends. And uh, I would have tea parties with my stuffed animals. And, you know, I'd pretend like they were talking and blah, blah, blah. I had a little table and chair set. And I had one, I had a teddy bear on one side and then a stuffed little dog animal on the other side. And then the chair in front of me was empty. Well, out of nowhere, this little girl appeared. And I can't really tell you what, you know, what color her hair was or what she was wearing or anything like that. But she told me her name was Casey. Well, Casey became my imaginary friend. And we hung out a lot like a whole bunch. She was always around me. You know, we'd ride in the car together. We were always there. My, you know, my mom thought it was just adorable that I had a, an imaginary friend because I used to tell her all about her, you know, how she was doing and what she was telling me and blah, blah. Well, it was always really harmless. And, the, you know, she never told me any stories about how she died or what happened to her or anything like that. And um, about a year passed and she hung out with me and everything. Well, for some reason, she started putting bad images in my head of me attacking my mother and hurting my pets and and breaking things for no reason and and trying to convince me to start fires. And I I just, after a while, you know, I I just had to tell her no. You know, I had to tell her that I was done, that I was not going to, to do that. And she got angry at me, but didn't scream at me anymore, but she was just really, really aggravated, and I said, no, go away, I'm done with you, just leave me alone. I shut my eyes, opened up them again, she was gone. I never saw her again. And I was relieved, honestly, I was very relieved, but I did have a sense of, of something missing from me like when she left she took a part of me and it took a while to to regain that back and I basically I mean I missed her terribly but I knew that if I if I wanted her back then I was going to have to maybe do some of the horrible things that she was telling me to do or she was going to get mad so um, basically on and off things happened to me but they weren't they weren't very like, you know, they weren't very notable. You know, there was stuff on the bed when I had my feet laying there. You know, I could feel things, you know, pressure on my feet and 
pressure on my body, like on my chest and stuff like that, but it was never anything really substantial until high school. And I'm going to go ahead and cut the story off there. Um, I will be calling back in. Uh, like I said, I love the, the uh, love the, the stories and, and everything, and I love the callers. Sometimes I get a little annoyed by the Ouija board stories because, um, I mean, it's kind of obvious, you know, if you if you poke a, a if you poke a, an alligator with a stick, it's probably going to bite you. So stop doing it. <laughs> And um, as far as people, you know, getting on to you for not letting your kids play with them or, or whatever, I mean, those are your kids, you know, and you want to protect them from whatever you can. So you definitely want to tell them not to play with fire because you're going to get burned. All right. Like I said, my name is Jenny, and um, just, just like, you know, just like your wife there, and I, I think that was part of something that, that, that grabbed me because I like, you know, things that, you know, are, close to my name. It was kind of a shock. I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> but anyway, um, have a great day, and, and I hope your listeners like my story. Thank you. Thanks for calling in, Jenny, and definitely call back in and tell us what happened in high school. And um, yeah, we're, we're not going to let our kids play with Ouija boards, but I, I don't know. Has anybody ever gotten on us about... Well, there's that. been there's there's some people who who are saying like on YouTube who's not remember the the Spencer gifts. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Ouija board that's all good. And the uh, the I don't know if you were in here the other day when I was talking about the follow up on that or not. Um, where the the reasoning uh, that I saw was that those ones were plastic. Were you in here for that one? No. Oh, the reasoning was that the uh, the Spencer ones supposedly are plastic and the old ones are wood or cardboard, and the wood cardboard ones retain more energy than the plastic ones. So. There's so much yeah. lack of understanding yeah. of the whole thing there. So, yeah, that was uh, that. Was that. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. I think uh, that was a uh, one of those stories of the imaginary friend gone bad. Yeah. You know, your imaginary friend never had to do weird, bad things or told you to do weird, bad things, did it? Nope. Nope. He did everything I asked him to. I was very much the leader. So you were bossing around the imaginary friend. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many times he and I got pretend married with toilet paper dresses and everything. And he went along with it every time? Every time. Never said, no, I don't think we should be playing wedding right now? Nope. No, he he did everything I ever wanted to do. Did he want to design the dress too? No. (laughs) No. I was asking. I, I know. No, we had a great time. <laughs> cool. Uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. You were, you, had a, you were very lucky with your imaginary friend. I was. And, you know, looking back, it was right around the time my brother was born. I think he came to help me through that transition time. Yeah. I think that's what that was about. Is that a whole lot of imaginary friend stories we're getting that, like, were super great at the end? Yeah. A lot of times they, they start out kind of like yours, you know, it's like fun, and then they start doing like what she said, where it's like, go set the house on fire. It'll be fun, you know? Yeah. Light the dog on fire. Yeah. No, I no. never had anything like that happen. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's why I really live yours as a ghost and not something dark, because it, it just did went away. It was peaceful and it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, James writes in, hello, I'm writing another story. Hopefully this gets to you. Growing up in Oklahoma and being Native American, you hear the urban legends and native legends and pass them off as stories parents told their kids to frighten them from staying out late. I'm a believer in these stories, especially one about the tiny shamans called Nunu Peas. A little insight about these entities. I say they are demonic because the legend says they are tiny Native American shamans. They speak in tongues and have beady red eyes. And we're being a preteen, spending a year uh, in uh, Cache, C-A-C-H-E, Cache. I'm not quite sure if that's a city or a place or C-A-C-H-E. It looks like Cache. Cache? I don't know. With my grandma who inherited her house from her mother. I don't recall how long it's been around my uh, family, but I'm guessing a while. My cousins were over, and we were playing outside in the front yard by the creek, which I would explore uh, some with uh, someone else uh, only after that. Anyways, we were playing freeze tag and things kids play. We were done playing, and my cousins ran inside for the sun was going down, and I laid down by my uncle's uh, broke-down truck a few yards away from the creek. 
got up, dusted off uh, myself, and headed for the house when I heard a voice coming from the creek. It was jarbled and hard to understand. I froze, thinking it was someone I knew when I stood there, and the voices continued, still messy and not in English. Continued for a minute and stopped, and all I heard was the words, Get him! and twigs breaking from what sounded like footsteps racing up the hill from the creek. I ran inside, for I believed I was being targeted by Native American shaman. I know I wasn't alone for not too long. Later, probably a day or two later, my cousins gathered rocks and put them in buckets and told my grandma they would defend her from what was outside. I had told them why I ran in a few days prior, but something told me that they knew. A few months later, hanging out with my brother during a basketball game, we were outside of the gymnasium by the football field, sliding down hills to pass the time. We were up on a hill when we were laughing and looking around and shouting. I happened to look in this booth that would sell football game tickets uh, and noticed little beady red eyes being one to hallucination. I mentioned to my brother and his friends that they saw it too jumped down the hill and returned inside and really never talked about it again. That's one story. I have others, but for now, that's all. I love the show. Great episodes have been appearing, and I hope for more. Thank you for reading my story and sharing it. I'm always fascinated by other cultures and their beliefs in the supernatural and the paranormal, you know? It's really interesting to hear, you know, what some of the stories have been passed down and what people view as... You know, sometimes it's an urban legend type situation, you know, but sometimes those legends make actual appearances, and then you wonder, how did this initially start? Right. You know, was there, was this something that actually happened to someone initially, you know, generations ago, and it just gets passed down, and some generations never actually see it, they just keep passing the story down to their kids as if it's, you know, just to scare them, and then eventually somebody sees the damn thing again, and that's what keeps it going. Yeah. You know? Uh, Dylan writes in, hey guys, I'd uh, like to tell you about the story of my dad, who I never knew as he left me and my mom when I was just a few months old. My mom is a big fan of fortune tellers, but I never really was into it much. But there was one thing that would keep coming up about my dad every time she went to one. But I just always said, if he shows up, please don't tell me, as I wouldn't be able uh, for it. But never knew uh, how he would have shown himself. Anyway, it was... uh, Late Irish May, I don't know what Irish May means, and I always would talk to my mom before I went to bed, so everything was normal till around 2 a.m. At that time, I was woken up by a small wind, and I looked at the door, seen a face. Just as quick as it was there, it was gone. The next day, I told my mom I saw a face at the door, and she said, yes, it was your dad. He came to me also, but he was angry with me. She said she woke up with the sound of footsteps coming up the stairs. He was standing there in front of her, but was too shocked to say anything. Which he said to me that she was told by the letters there was a way he would tell us that he was dead. And I was 18 at the time, but I cried like I was a baby. I guess deep down I still miss him. Would have loved to know him. I would have liked to know if it was too late. Sorry about the sad story, guys. Appreciate the show. Much love from Dublin. Oh, there we go. Irish May, because it was uh, an Irish story. Okay. So that means May in Ireland. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Where the deceased father shows up who left. Is it like a case of regret from the grave? Might be. I think it's. it was kind of like... A courtesy, you know. By the way, I'm dead. Don't have to worry about looking for me when you get older. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) I'll just let you know right now. Wow. Interesting. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in if you have a real ghost story. We would love to hear it. And uh, like I said, too, up on our website now, we got that uh, PayPal button. If you care to support the show... 
you can make a donation. Uh, and uh, it's just kind of a monthly uh, subscription thing. And you can choose the level you want to go in at, whatever you view the show uh, value is to you. $5, $10, $15 a month. You uh, just donate, and uh, there you go. goes to the show and uh, helps us uh, keep it going to you uh, as frequently as we're doing it, which at this point in time is every single day of the week. So... Uh, please, uh, please do donate uh, if you uh, if you have a few uh, spare bucks. You know, it's like it's like less than the cost of a soda a day. It's like it's like five sodas for the month. You know, that's like what you spend on a soda in a day, and you get you know thirty episodes of the show. So yeah, not a bad deal if I do say so myself. And uh, we would greatly uh, appreciate that. That's up on the site. Uh, there you go. Write in, share the show, all that, uh, whatever you can do to support the show. We do greatly appreciate it. Share it on Facebook. You want that bonus episode? Uh, give us a review on iTunes right now. And uh, then email me your username, Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, my email address. I'll reply back with the bonus episode for you. So, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.